In this episode, I'm going through a blog post that I wrote in 2015 that I wanted to bring back to life in audio format. The blog post was short and sweet, but even now as I reviewed it, I'm reading through so many great takeaways that it was just begging to be brought back to the table. The best strategies never go out of style and they continue to find relevance over time. It's not always about the latest and greatest. Sometimes it goes back to its tried and true. I'll add the post to the notes in this podcast episode so you can review it and check it out at your convenience. It's titled, Value All Students, Seven Tips for Challenging Kids. Welcome to the Andy Jacks Podcast, reflection on education, leadership, and life. Please consider hitting that like button, sharing with others, and letting me know what you think. All of my podcast episodes are as much helping to share great tips for others as a reflection from my own practices. As kids have been coming back to school, phasing in more in person, it's been such a blessing to see kids, in some cases I haven't seen for a very long time in person. To give them you know, that, that personal attention that they need has been outstanding. But here's the reality, we're seeing the typical behaviors start to emerge again. And those things that we're not always ready for. And how do we connect and challenge and reach and teach those most struggling kids, those kids that are crying for help in our schools, I always remember these kids over the years that um, throw everybody for a loop. It's not the child's fault. The child's going through whatever the child's going through. It's on us to help that child through something. We've all been there. I've been there. You know, I remember those long walks down the hallway, going to the principal's office, worried about what my parents would think, worried about getting spanked at home when I got home, worried about what would happen, you know, in that. And I can remember the sounds and smells of the office waiting outside the principal's office. I can literally remember those things. They affect kids for a very long time. So how can we redirect and rechannel our efforts? So even though we have some things and some realities of these behaviors that we have to do, how do we help support the child in the meantime? And how do we help really change that behavior in the first place? So I'm going back to a blog post that I wrote a while back that is still so relevant. It's titled Value All Students, Seven Tips for Challenging Kids. And it really hits to the heart of things that we can do right now to help. So let's go. Let's check it out. Value each and every child in your classroom and school. Really, all of them. Every child is a gift and they should be treated like the most treasured thing you've ever received in your life. Not just the cute ones, not just the funny ones, not just the well-behaved ones, not just the ones with supportive parents, not just the ones that dress nice or the ones that look like you, all of them. Hopefully as educators, we went into this profession like superheroes, idealistic, ready to swoop in and save every child from harm's way. But how do you see yourself as an educator now? Is it like that super educators that you see in the movies like Stand and Deliver, Lean on Me, and the Dead Poet Society? All those educators that we look up to that have inspired us along the way? Teaching the teacher's pet is easy. Almost anyone could walk into a classroom full of pleasers and hard workers and look like a champ. What happens in your classroom when students struggle or are hard to reach? What do you do and what is your mindset when that happens? What do you think about when things get tough? What does it look like to really connect with those kids in our schools? You know, those kids or maybe that kid. And you can probably picture that kid in your head right now. And I don't blame you. This job is really hard and it takes a lot of guts to hang in there when things get really challenging. Remember, some of us were those kids at one time. I know I was. 
probably still am for that matter. All kids have unique gifts and interesting personalities. If you look for them, you have to look really hard in some cases, but every child has something to offer that is good for the world and the classroom. If you think of them like their parents in the way that every parent loves their child, it helps you think of that child a little bit differently than just some interference into your classroom for that day. But it's really difficult and we need to really think about what we can do, not just the struggles that we face. So here are some tips. I want you to check and think how many of these tips you are already doing and maybe something that you could do differently moving forward. Number one, listen, really listen. It's called active listening. When you look, listen, and ask questions about what is being said, take notes, focus on them like there's no one else in the room. Number two, include preferred activities. Ask students in person through surveys or inventories about what they like to do. Giving choice and movement are also other ways to address this. You have to understand what students like to do at their different developmental and age levels. If your classroom looks more like the things you like versus the thing that kids like, you know you're going to have troubles with this. What kind of classroom would you like to walk into? One that has only things that that teacher likes or one that has things that you like in it? Well, you already know the answer to that. So translate to how you work with your students in the same way. Number three, give more smiles than frowns. As I'm saying this, I'm trying to smile at the same time because people can tell when you're smiling or when you're not even over voice and like the radio and through podcasts. Does the student see more frowns and frustration or smiles and appreciation? Say, I'm gonna say that again. Does your student in your classroom see more frowns and frustration or smiles and appreciation? I'll bet most of these students feel that your smile is reserved for the good kids. I don't know, maybe. I really try to think about that. I have to smile and be nice and pleasant and kind to all the kids, even the kids that sometimes get in trouble. It's not easy, but find a way to smile more to help them and send positive vibes, even if it's very challenging and they may not be smiling at you. You can always set the tone with your smile and your attitude and what you bring to them. Number four, help build friendships. Many of these students don't have one friend in school. It gets very lonely for them because they get in trouble so much and they have such poor social skills that very quickly they get isolated within a school. And on top of that, they're going to a place where so many other people have lots of friends. So they feel extremely lonely around others that are so social and have so many friends around them. How lonely would you feel in a situation like that? Do your best to build friendships by matching interest and having students work together, helping students have friends in class but if they don't have any friends that are students, you can be that friend for that child. Every single student should feel they have a positive relationship with at least the adult in the classroom. Number five, protect students from being scapegoats. It is so easy for these students to become known as the problem child. Everything that goes wrong with them and everything that goes wrong in the classroom is tied to their actions. The rest of the class talk about these students with their parents as if it were TMZ. Every night they go home, what is the last thing that that child did today? What's the update on this child? We have to find ways to redirect and change the mindset of these students, especially if the at-risk students call the wrong kind of attention to themselves. A lot of times that behavior is a cry for help and they are trying to get attention just in the wrong way. So we need to be proactive and not only give them that attention and support, 
but protect them from being the scapegoats in the classroom by other kids. Number six, give a specific role. Just like all of us, students like to feel that they have a purpose and are needed, that they belong. Sometimes there's no better way of doing this than giving them a job in the school or classroom. It could be small. It doesn't matter what it is. I talked about this in my last podcast, the importance of jobs and changing behavior. When students feel like they have importance and value within the school, then they take more pride and they consider their actions differently than they would otherwise. It can be small, it can be anything. Make them feel important and make the work feel important and help them understand that the work they're doing is helping others. Number seven, find success. And this is the, the last tip here and the biggest one, find success. Help them be successful in anything, anything. Help them be successful and you have them hooked. Find any successes that you can. If the child is struggling, create small goals and chart them so they can easily see their progress. Anything can be successful. You have to find it. And if you can't find something, I'm going to challenge you. You're not looking hard enough and you can't put it on the kid because if the kid could find success, they'd already be successful. It is on you to help that child to prevent their failure and find ways that they can be successful in anything so that they can build momentum. It's like pushing that big boulder. It's so hard to get it pushed and get started, but once it's rolling, watch out because that student is going to be rolling after that. So it's your job to get that boulder rolling and to build momentum for that child by finding success anywhere you can. Remember, soft cloth doesn't refine. It doesn't make things smooth. Sandpaper does. Think about that. That nice, soft, silky, cottony thing, that nice, it, it feels comfortable. It feels like, oh man, if I could pick you know, a shirt to, to wear, I want that soft, smooth one, right? That's what we sometimes do in the classroom. We pick that soft cloth, that easy and nice and comfortable cloth, because that's what we want to wear. But the reality is in the classroom, I hate to say this, but that's not what makes us better. The sandpaper does. Kids that you know, are tough to teach are the ones that make us better. That sandpaper improves us. It refines us. It forces us to grow and change and be better. These kids, they are why we went into the profession in the first place. If every child was that teacher's pet, we could have 100 kids in our classroom and it'd be pretty boring, frankly. Having kids that are diverse in their behaviors challenge us, they change us. But that challenge and change gives us strength. That struggle makes us stronger. So the next time you work with one of those students, one of those kids that really challenges you, makes you uncomfortable, makes it feel like sandpaper sometimes, I want you to thank them. Thank them for how they're making you better. Thank them for changing up things in the classroom and making things interesting. That's why you went in education. That's why you're there. So thank them for that. This podcast episode was right to the point and something that I've been constantly thinking about. How can we be better for those kids that need us the most? If you like what you hear, you're going to love my new book coming out this summer, published by DBC Inc. It's all about sharing real, practical, evidence and research-based strategies to improve students' behaviors, especially those that really struggle. I've been in the classroom and in the office and in the hallways and everywhere around the school for a very long time, and it's not easy to help turn kids' behaviors around and make life better for everybody. I've had a lot of mistakes, have a lot of successes, and I want to share all of the above 
to see what we can learn from those to help all of us get better. That change doesn't start with the kids though. That's one thing I've learned. It starts with us. It starts with me, it starts with you. Being the best educator we can be means that we have to look inward and improve our skills first. I'm really excited to nail down some things this week, nailing down a title, working through the idea for the book cover. And I can't wait to share this with you very soon. Follow me on social media at underscore Andy Jacks. Read more leadership and discipline tips in my blog post at andyjacks.com. Like and share this podcast episode if you think others may benefit from hearing this message. Most importantly, reach out if you need any help. I'm here for you. It takes a lot of us to get together and really make a difference, and that's hard. We need each other for that kind of support. Have a great day. Go get after it.